0: Hello, and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people who have overcome real challenges and are making our world better because of it. They have taken life's lemons and are making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I am so looking forward to getting to know you, and I can't wait to hear your story. So start out by telling me just a couple of little things about yourself.
1: Thank you Heidi thanks for having me on. So I am married to the love of my life and the mother to my greatest teachers. <laughs> I <laughs> believe wholeheartedly that my children yes are they they teach me so much. So I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have them in my life. And I was sitting here thinking about what I wanted to share about me and I absolutely love stories. I love I've I'm a, a serial podcast person and this will come into my, my lemonade story. Um, but I just love the opportunity to be able to talk and share stories and community in, um, giving people, a, a, an outlet for them to share their own story because it's empowered me to share mine. And I just, I think it's beautiful that when we, we create spaces
0: like this for people to be able to share. Oh, I love it. I've- Fellow person with the same vision as me. I love this so much. So I'm so excited. I cannot wait to hear what you have done and what you are doing now. So take me back. Tell me your lemon to lemonade story.
1: Yes. So my lemon to lemonade story um, began last year, June of 2022. Um, Got a call that my sister was on her way to the hospital um she had been sick for a couple weeks but she was one of the strongest resilient people that i knew that she wasn't willing to go into the hospital um she's like i'll just get through this and um finally it took her her best friend to say this is not right you deserve care so they ended up calling a, a home health person in. and as soon as they walked in they suspected bacterial meningitis right away and Ended up taking her by ambulance, and she checked herself in, and then by that night, so within about five, six hours, she was in a coma, intubated, and we I was getting calls throughout the whole night of emergency procedures, what do we need to do, you know, this is literally everything that she could get to, you know, the life-saving measures, she was in a, an amazing hospital in California, so they ended up getting her stable. Um, and I was able to go down there a couple of days after um, she was in the in the hospital and was able to be by her bedside. And um, she was in a coma for five weeks. And um, ultimately she passed away. You know, like to hear back to your manager I remember being in a moment of like denial. Like I Googled, you know, just quickly. And then I'm like, no big deal. She'll be fine. Just a little headache. Yeah, not a little headache. <laughs> Um, and like, I feel like that was a little bit of a protection mechanism for my own self to just be, you know, be like, okay, what do we need to do? Cause that's my, my natural nature is like, okay, let's fix the problem. Right. Um, so being with her during those five weeks of, you know, this anticipatory grief of is, you know, we see some movements out of her. Okay. She's coming back to us and then seeing nothing and, you know, getting um, responses from the doctors that you know what what quality of life is your sister willing to, to accept? And I was like, my sister was traveling the world. She had just gotten back from Scotland. She just got her MBA out in Scotland. So her quality of life is is living to the fullest, right? Of of being able to travel. Um, sitting by her bedside, I, I one of the first couple of days, um, I asked her, you know, asked her, she's in a coma. Um, I do believe that we can speak to spirit and speak to people. And that is part of the lemonade part of um, losing her. But I I remember sitting with her and I said, you know what, sis, you get to choose. And whatever choice that you want to make, I will be here through it all. Um, And or, you know, like whether you decide to stay or whether you decide to go, I will be here through every moment of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was so grateful to have the opportunity to be by her bedside the majority of the five weeks Um, I had got laid off a month before. And it was just one of those fascinating, like, wow, like I have the ability that I can be here and be very present with her. Um, and so, you know, we watched movies together. Um, I I remember a, a time a uh, friend recommended some like binaural beats, you know, to, that can help with, because she had, had strokes. That's what ended up putting her in the coma. And so I'm like, have her headphones in and we're like listening to beats. And then I just like, picture my sister my sister's like Steph what are you doing I don't do that kind of stuff what are you doing you know so throughout the experience there was obviously the depths of the emotions of loss and and potential loss but then there was these these beautiful nuggets from spirit is what I you know call them these spirit stories of you know animals and and different things um so ultimately she did pass away what I realized through the experience, I was one of those people that was always like just love and light, you know, like just the focus on the positive. I had talked to her a couple weeks before she went into the hospital and she um, was really in a lot of pain. And I was like, oh, sis, it's going to be fine. Like, and I was driving. I remember the moment, like just busy and not able to be fully present with her. Um, And ultimately what this experience taught me was that life can throw you curveballs. Life can throw you crap. <laughs> and there can be pain and sadness and all of those things. It it can take you to your knees. And just this toxic positivity that I was guilty of. Yes, there is good in things. Yes, there was beautiful moments in it. But what that experience really taught me is that people are hurting. And, you know, my sister was hurting for weeks. And if I would have it's not a it's not from a space of the what- ifs it's okay what can I learn from this and if I would have asked her more questions if I would have been present on that conversation and just said eh, something's really not right here and so instead of staying in that space of the what- ifs it's like okay I'm gonna do things very differently now I'm gonna be present with people I'm gonna hear when they say like, you hear people talking about a headache. Okay, let's get let's find out what that headache really is. You know, like those types of things. I mean, bacterial meningitis is very is rare, but there's other things that could be happening, right? So just getting very very present with people and actually listening and and being there. I remember having this aha that like the an old version of Stephanie would have thought like if I'm if I'm sitting in your sadness, I'm going to actually take some of that sadness on myself. You know what? You think you create and all of that stuff. And I was like, wait, no, I can actually sit with somebody in their sadness and I don't have to absorb it, but I can show them like compassion and empathy and being, and, you know, the, going into the stories of giving people a space to just talk, like not just always fixing. Oh, what I wanted to really share was realizing that depths of the sadness and grief and how much in our lives we experience loss, not just the loss of a person, but transition in our life, marriage, divorce, kids, all of these things. And there's this underlying grief that is attached to those transitions that a lot of times we want to bypass. And I did it with my dad. He passed away in 2014. And it was like, ah, things will be fine. And I shoved it down. And realizing with my sister that I was being so present with the emotions of my grief and saying, no, I'm actually going to sit with you. I um, use somatic practices to really like honor the emotions that are coming through. Um, And I realized I was able to really sit with my grief and being a serial entrepreneur for the last 10 years, I was like, wait, I can support people in this, right? I can support people in honoring their grief. And so I launched a podcast. Um, It's actually in transition right now. And it's about moving grief and allowing people to tell their stories of grief. But around the year anniversary of her death, I was walking and I was talking to her because I talked to her all the time. And um, I was just like, I feel there's these canned responses of, hey, you know, time will heal all wounds. They don't want you to be sad. All of those. And so it's that's not from that space, but it was from a space of how do I really, really want to honor you, sis? Like, there's a beautiful story that I can be telling but there is a part of me that is holding on to the grief because that grief is what keeps me connected to her and the tears just started flowing and i was like wait a minute cuz i remember thinking like some people that grieve for years and years and it's like that is that one connection that they have to their person right and so i was walking and i just started you know crying and i was like wait my sister was the person that encouraged me to really step into my gifts of coaching and to really like help. You know, she's like, Seth, all you want to do is help people. So why aren't you doing that? And that was one of our conversations you know, a year ago. And I was like, wait, isn't it more empowering, inspiring to honor her through actually be through living and through sharing the gifts and the grief piece is part of my experience now. Like I don't know that I will ever get over an air quote, over, get over the loss of my sister. But how do I transmute that grief? Because to me, grief is my my capacity to love. Like, because I am grieving, I have felt immense love, right? Grief to me is not a bad, heavy, sad thing. Um, but now how do I get to really honor her um, by, by living and inspiring other people to keep going and to keep moving through whatever life throws at them just keep moving through it um, and so that was it was like I said it was around the year of her anniversary and I was like okay okay sis I can do this I can do this and um, it's only been a couple months and so I'm still squeezing those lemons and I'm still like batting the sugar and, and and working through it but I'm really really super excited to be able to hold space for people that have Experienced this. This isn't the first person that I have sat with in transition in in, in passing of death. Um, and so I, I just have this different outlook that it's not the end. It is a shift. It's a transition. It's a change in the awareness. And As long as I'm honoring the emotions that come with it, which sometimes are the hard, sad, deep stuff, um, I can still get through it. And I can, you know, live in her honor, really. Wow
0: that is quite the gift to be able to do that. And that is making that lemonade. But (laughs) it is probably one of the hardest things I think people deal with that grief, grief for anything, loss, any loss, especially death. So what is something that you can teach people now because of what you've been through? Really, the big thing for me
1: was I felt the emotions instead of shoving it down, instead of um, placating it or, you know, like okay, you, you've, you've got to show up, right? Like I have kids, but my kids get to see when mom is sad, when mom gets, is feeling like we were cleaning out my daughter's closet and we found some little dog ears from a, a memory with my sister. And I just looked at her and we looked at each other and we just cried together because I don't feel like we as a society really honor that that grief, it it deserves to move in us. And a lot of times that's through tears that can be through anger. Like there's times where I've screamed into a pillow, but being able to honor the emotions um, and, you know, like just, I I call it moving the emotions. Okay. I feel you. I see you. What do you want to show me? What do you want to tell me? And then also being able to honor that there can be a part in that same moment. There can be a part of joy that I can, imagine my kids laughing, that I can imagine, you know, us on our, our next adventure in my dream space. And both of those emotions can exist at the same time.
0: Hmm. I love that grief and joy exist at the same time. So that's something we cannot get our heads around. We're like, no, if we, if we're happy or have joy, then we're showing our loved one that they didn't mean that much to us. Right? We think that.
1: Yeah. I had a, um, a moment while she was still in her coma where I said, Jen, show me where you're at. And I saw her in a field of yellow flowers, like in a meditative state. And all I said, she said, I'm happy. And I was like, you are happy. So I deserve to be happy too. And this also sucks. Like, yes, there's also parts of it that are really hard.
0: Wow. Yeah. Because you're looking at your future without her. Yes. If you can think of her future. Of being content and at peace, then it can make you happy for her.
1: Yes. Wow.
0: So, what do you think about when people want to put time limits on grief?
1: You know, I I want wish everybody would throw them away because, like I said, I don't ever, I don't know if I will ever heal completely. Like life will grow, and there was a beautiful meme that I saw that you know, grief was this ball, and the jar grew around it, and that's what it feels like. Um. And I feel too, that we are really awkward around grief in our society. We don't know how to support our friends and family that are going through it because life still moves on. You know, like I remember standing outside the hospital in the middle of it. And I'm like, I hear all these cars driving by. I'm here. an ambulance. like, people are still living while I am going through the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And so don't forget about the people that are going through the hard. And, you know, just check in with them and just share stories. I love when people share stories of Jen and just say, Hey, I remember, you know, Jen did this and that, or, Hey, I was just thinking about Jen today. That just lights me up, but, but life moves on. And I, and I feel like because of time limits, because of this weird society, we need to have a time limit on grief. We forget that people are still feeling it and they might appear to be okay. Everything's good. I'm happy. Things are going great in my life. And there's also moments where I, literally, still drop to my knees because of the sadness, and so honor yourself in the timeline, and also find find the, the the little nuggets of joy and the connections that you can have with them to keep going. And I feel that the more we open up our heart to being able to feel and see spirit and you know my dad and my sister come through birds animals all of the time and I could chalk it up and be like oh yeah that's you know I'm, my mind's making it up but it brings me so much joy so wh- why am I gonna deny myself that joy to see a little hummingbird that showed up or a dragonfly that showed up and I can just say okay Jen I see you you know so just give yourself that space and time but also see if there's little moments of, of joy and give yourself permission to enjoy the joy
0: yeah i think that's i think that's the tricky part i think that's the part that we all struggle to walk that line of of wanting to honor our loved one by being sad and showing how much we love them. And at the same time, honor our loved one and live our life to the fullest that they'd be so proud of us too. So yeah, that's the, you, you do, you go back and forth all day it's, long. Oh, right? That's yeah, I'm right.
1: like, there is so much like, it is this ping pong, like, and it's a ping pong sometimes from my head to my heart. Like yeah. I remember when I was launching my podcast, I'm like, you're really going to support people in grief. Yes, because I have something that I can do to support. But it was a ping pong match of like, ding, 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 ding. Like, really, <laughs> can you do this? Yeah. And and that's I guess part of why grief is a harder topic to talk about because it's not a one size fits all. It's not linear. There's not stages like you. It, I feel you're, It's just this constant. It, it's a it's a back and forth match. You know, yeah. all over sometimes, but. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you can't understand it until you have it, yes. experience it yourself. But it's mm-hmm. such a painful yeah. experience to relate with each other. And there's a lot of things that are said and done from people who don't understand how it yeah. is to have a loss. And uh, and that's okay. You know, we have to give them grace and understanding yes. as well.
1: Yes. yes, yes. And that's why I, I had a, a real go viral that was, you know, don't ask people who are in grief, what can I do for you? Yeah. Just do something for them. Drop off food, drop off a bag of cookies. Like that's why I'm I'm open to talking about it because I, I want to give people grace. And I was like, I don't think people are ill intent. They just don't know what to they do.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: And so yeah. if we can talk about it and say, and it's going to be different for everybody. I know that, but also <laughs> like, this is one way that has supported me and I can only speak from my experience. So and I did have people reach out and said, thank you. I hadn't realized I was doing that. And I want to change and I want to be there for, you know, so-and-so. So what's something that I can do? And um, so that's been really, really fun to see that lemonade come through on that. Of like, I, my story can help
0: people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you for sharing your story. This is amazing of what you have gone through and how you could have stayed quiet and angry and, and sat in your grief and that's okay. And people do that and that's Okay. But yes. I love that you've been able to get through that. And now you're helping others that are going through grief to be able to understand that they can survive this. They can thrive from this and they can have joy. Thank that's
1: you. The, the loss of my sister taught me to live. It transformed me to live. And in my coaching work, that's what I, I want to inspire people to live, to to live their authentic self, to be themselves, to process the emotions that come through um, because life will throw you curveballs, yeah. and what do you do with them?
0: You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. How old was your sister? She was 37,
1: she was single, she was the The auntie that, you know, was going to be the vacation auntie that my kids got older to send her to. She was my person. There were six kids in our family, and her and I really bonded as adults. You can't ever plan to go through something like that.
0: No. And And it just makes you appreciate... Everyone in your life, doesn't it kind of make you take that moment to go, Oh my goodness, can I love and appreciate every single person in my life today? And it just makes you kind of reset of like, Nobody else leave me before I tell you how much you mean to me.
1: Yes, 100%. I say, you know, parts of me died with her. And then the parts that are living is like, Wow, I can't, I can't do life the same because it opens up to really what is important, really what is important.
0: It really does. And it's relationships. That's all we can take with us, right? Like yes. that's all we have in the end so we've got to keep working on those and making those the best we can and yeah. reach out to those we love and let them know Yes, I always say that too I'm like I kind of live every day like it's my last which sounds so morbid but at the same time I'm like I just don't want to leave anything unsaid or undone for tomorrow because no. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring yeah and so I'm always like hey I'm going to text somebody and tell them I love them today just because I thought of it <laughs> I don't want to put you it thought off. of it yes yeah. and what's fascinating you
1: my sister, like, so that part of where I, I literally was when she was telling me, you know, I'm not feeling really good. I was like, eh, everything's fine, sis. You'll be fine. She came to me in a dream weeks after she passed away, and she forgave me, and it was so important. But I was like, okay, well, I've got that forgiveness now. That's not going to be in vain. So when those thoughts come through, when those people come through to check in, I'm okay. I don't know what I'm supposed to be checking in on, but I you came to mind, so here we are because. Yeah. I didn't do that and I can't take that back. And so instead of staying in the space of, oh, I should have, it's nope, okay, what can I do different?
0: Oh, see, that is so healing right there because that living in the past and that should have, would have, could have kind of stuff, is just going to eat you alive for your future. And I'm so grateful that you found that peace and forgiveness for yourself and look out for those people that we really do care about.
1: Take a moment,
0: savor, be in the moment. I love it. You're a great example of that. Wow. Grief is the worst.
1: Also, i realized this has been part of my story for a lot of years about death and rebirth. And so that's where this transition, like I said, I'm still squeezing. I feel like I really needed to go through this to feel that humanness.
0: Mm, wow. Humanness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing perspective because it's it's really easy to get stuck and angry. Yeah. And I love how you you wanted to feel that humanness. That's an amazing, amazing yeah. perspective. Instead of just, I'm just going to be angry and stuck and mad and resentful and all the things that you want to do the why, why me, why'd this happen? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you.
0: Humanness. I love that. Humanness. That's yeah. what we're here for. That's
1: what we're here. Yeah. Yep.
0: So. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.